With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Guys, it's uh, it's hard to get excited. Look, I'm very excited. Yes. We 13s in the books. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to talk about, but we just went for about five minutes. Five minutes, but really great. Great content that Josh said he messed up recording. I, I I don't think he hit record. I think he was upset that I told a story that I was living inside of his head during darks this weekend. Again. Right. I don't care. Doesn't have the same yeah, thing. Yeah, lost is lust. Yeah. You're a mental midget. You That's are. All I learned. am. Yep. Man. Man, can't believe you did that. And we did. I mean, we started off talking about the person you saw. You were distracted by. I was distracted by a person apartment. in the window. You said that you've occasionally seen people changing and you saw men's butt cracks. I did. I looked harder. Yep. <laughs> I, the hotel across the other way, I always look to see if people are getting changed. So, okay, I'll go into that. So I have a few apartments across the street from mine that can see perfectly into my living room and from that perfectly into my bedroom. And there's always times where I'm like naked and I'm walking through and it hits me. If someone's there, they can see me. Yes. So what I do is, without like even stopping, I just always, if I'm thinking, I just point right at the window, just in case they're there, and then they would get freaked out. Hasn't happened yet. But I'm ready for them. <laughs> just so that like the, they would well, feel uncomfortable. How do you know it hasn't happened? Well, no, I'm saying is because like, they like, did you want them to come over and ring and be like, hey, you got me with that point, and I looked away. <laughs> I would I'm love, there. I would love so much if I looked over and I was like, huh? And they were like, oh no, crap! They saw me. Yeah, that was know. much better than the first take. That was a uh, way better story. All right. Okay. Um, so the one thing that we have to talk about is uh, the Cam Newton not wearing a tie, missing, about it. missing a drive, and then they throw a pick. And it's just the notion of, and you said this earlier today, why would you hurt the team for something that is so small, mm-hmm. Mr. Rivera? Yeah. Uh, you've also said that, listen, he was two straight row games on the West Coast. He probably packed for the entire time. Uh, you've also mentioned that this happened to him earlier in the year. He said it happened to him earlier in the year. He referred to it in his post-game press conference where he goes, because I watched most of it last night. It was, it was late, and I was kind of just getting ready to go to bed. But I was like, let me listen to what he says. Let me see his attitude, because I knew this was going to be a of story. So, uh, but he did. He goes, it happened once earlier this year and I was dressed nice, nicely and nothing happened. No, no one said anything to me. Ah. So I think he thought like, okay, I'm dressed nicely. I don't have a tie on. And so, your, your thing was if you wanted to have an impact over something, whether you agree with the rule or not, whether you think it's junior high, Bush League, Friday travel rules mm-hmm. or real, why not stand in front of the team meeting on Monday or Tuesday and go, I'm fining Cam Newton to the extent of what is possible. Yes. He will be paying for this, and yes. I expect you guys to wear ties from now on. Yes, like when I say I wear a tie, everybody wears a tie. That's what I mean by that. But We're instead, gonna- you put yourself in a hole in maybe the toughest place to play in the NFL, yes. and it's just it's a microcosm of this train wreck that is the Panthers. The whole year, exactly right. I mean, yeah, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, shocker. Derek Anderson threw an interception. Uh, 
those deflected guys, or not, it was still the, yeah. And yeah. those guys haven't caught a ball from him all week either. So, so you're telling me that NFL coaches have said to you guys before, "I want ties." Yeah, I mean, why would they ever say it's a tie week? You know, sometimes it, it's not necessarily that way. It's just you know, hey, I, some some weeks it's just kind of set after maybe Friday meetings, right? Or you get it on your your travel itinerary. It's like buttoned up. Yeah, and it'll just say suit and ties, or the coach might say, "Hey, I expect everybody in a suit and tie on Saturday when we travel. I want to look professional. This is a business trip." But you just said, "I but expect I'd, everyone." Is it is it an expectation well, no, or is but it then a hard there are other rule? Be weeks, like then there'll be other weeks where they just go. I, you know, he might not say the word tie, and he might just go, "Hey, I expect look everybody nice. to look professional, uh, like we're going on a business trip here." Everyone should have at least a coat or a blazer on. And somebody might go, do we have to wear suits? And he goes, no, 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 no. I mean, yeah. uh, no, no. Do we have to wear ties? He goes, no, no ties. But you, you got. Why wear, does it matter I mean, what you guys wear? I don't know. It's just it's they're part already of the wearing look. really nice clothes. I have two ways to read this. Not always. You either Some read of these it. Guys you either won't. read it anti Rivera or you read it anti Newton. If you're reading it anti Newton, you go see Cam. Look, I know that you don't like it. I know that it's stupid. But you're the leader for this team. You set a precedence for everybody else. If you don't follow the rules that no one thinks they have to, you're creating a gap in order. Be the leader. That's if you want to be critical of Newton. Yes. If you want to be critical of Rivera, uh, it's something I said to Sims earlier. This is something that is you're, you're making. There's bigger issues going on. And it's coming up because of a really small point. And Rivera, what are you trying to gain? Why are you doing this? Why are you hurting your team over something so small? Did you really think that making everyone wear a tie was going to make you feel play better on Sunday? You guys side player or coach? I I actually side player here. Listen, Cam Newton should have wore the tie. Don't get me wrong. That's what he was told to do. You wear the tie. You're the quarterback of all people. That is what you do. Okay? But at the same time, uh, I would not have docked the other 52 players on my team when we're struggling and we really got no mojo at all and take out the best player on my football team because of this. I, would, I wouldn't do that if I was the it's head coach. It's just crazy. You always see coaches hit players in the paycheck. That's the way they get it. But I guess he thought playing time was the way to go. Yeah, and that type of fine. I mean, he could have fined him probably. I think like the what the league would allow the team to take away from Cam Newton in that instance is like $24,000. Hmm. I mean, that's enough for not wearing a tie. Uh, so the Panthers get blown out. The Seahawks firmly entrench themselves as, I believe, the second best team in the NFC. I'm curious what you think after Earl Thomas goes down. Yeah. Earl Thomas goes down and he tweets, this game has been so good to me, no regrets. A lot is running through my mind, including retirement. Thanks for all the prayers. Uh, I think anyone that's reading too far into it, if a player gets injured and they're out the year, you shouldn't tweet because like your emotions like that's why like they always tell you as a sports reporter, interview them on the field right afterwards, because they will say things there that they will never say after they've taken a shower because but also it's you. It's so emotionally infused. Yes. That, that's probably not how he feels. No, and he's an emotional guy. And Chancellor and Sherman have both come out and said that's very unlikely. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's, he's mad because he's going to miss the year. It's heartbreaking. Yes. He just recovered from pulling his hamstring, if you remember. Right. So he's doing And he's had that. some injuries the last few years. Right, and he's a guy that anybody you talk to in Seattle or knows him is yeah. he's 100% all in. He puts a lot into his craft. And when you lose out on situations like this, yeah, it's it's a killer. It's like yes. it, it's it ruins your life. Um, how much does this hurt the Seahawks? A lot. Um, you know, 
Earl Thomas is not the best free safety in football, but he's still one of the best. Yeah. And uh, for this defense, when they don't do a whole lot, and you know that, he's the ultimate center fielder. I mean, he could still go 0-60 to 60 in two steps. Are they the most personnel-reliant defense in the NFL? Mm, I would say... Like, if they lose one, it's the biggest impact. Yeah, I, I would say so. That I mean, I think it's them or really probably the other great defense in football, which is the Denver Broncos. Like we saw if them. They lose, lost to Talib all of a sudden. All of a sudden, they're just not quite as sharp. Probably the Chiefs are up there too. Yes, they play so if much they man lost to man. Justin Houston right. or Marcus Peters. Talked about this earlier today. Earl Thomas, you think, is a bigger injury than Gronk? I do, just because I think the New England can find ways to get over the Gronk injury. There is Martellus Bennett. There's Deion Lewis. He said all earlier today it does not change at all. I was gonna be. I was gonna ask if they can still roll Gronk. the Super Bowl. Yeah. He said. He said it's no big thing at all. I think it's got to be some big well, thing. I, I, They're the most able to handle it. Yes. I, I didn't say it was no big thing at all. I mean, he's the biggest mismatch in football. Like, yeah. Uh, I understand it's and a I big don't thing. Think ben, I think there's a huge drop-off to Bennett. I don't think there is, really. No, I don't. I mean, you're forgetting Martellus Bennett the first few weeks of the year when you were going, this guy's amazing. I mean, like this, they don't miss a beat with Rob Gronkowski. They went 3-1 and one without Gronkowski. Okay, but now we're in week 14, yep. Martellus Bennett, not fresh legs Martellus Bennett. I, yeah, I, I get it, um, but I still think their offense will have zero limitations. They do lose the threat of the two tight end set, certainly, yes. where they're going to just say, try to match up with us. What do you want to do? You want to go nickel? You want to get your big boy pads on and get mm. an extra linebacker in here? Because we could smash your face with the run game, yeah. or we can spread it out and beat you one-on-one Because I game. said to Sims, listen, what scares me about the Patriots is you can run on the Patriots. And what I liked about having Gronk and Bennett was the offense would run more out of that set, create, getting their defense off the field more, helping them out. Your response was, look, they'll go big. They'll put Fleming out there an extra tackle if yes, they want to run. Right. I think, though, the Patriots are most dangerous when you don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. So if you're giving me a three-wide receiver set of Amendola, Edelman, Malcolm Mitchell, yes. I'm not playing the run. But if you're going three tackle sets, I know you're going the run. And I think the mystery of that offense now is gone without Gronk. Do you think there's any validity I, 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 there? I think there is a lot of validity. You're right. I mean, it certainly is taking away a chunk of their offense. Yeah, I'm not, chunk... This is not brain surgery, what no, I'm No, I mean, but... but you're right. And I, I, I didn't mean if I did dispel it earlier that way, then that's my fault no, no, for no, even no. Coming, that, coming off that way. But they'll find more ways to get... Amendola in the middle of the field, mm-hmm. Deion Lewis in the middle of the field. Uh, Martellus certainly will still be out there. They want to go 12 personnel, two tight ends, one back. They'll just have Bennett and Darius Fleming on the yes. edges of the tight ends and still run the ball. I mean, early in that game yesterday, there was no Gronk out there. They ran that ball right down the Rams' throat, and they yeah. did a little out of 11 personnel. Because at the end of the day, too, you know why you, know, you go, because you can run the ball in 11 just because of what you just said. If you play 11, I mean, it's t- they're going to throw it. it. Gotcha. I'm going to stop them. And then you go, damn, they're kind of good up front. They're beating our butt. Can, uh, not a conspiracy theory, but interesting theory. The fact that we have 12 weeks of like a certain style of Patriots offense, mm-hmm. and now because they can switch it better than anybody, yeah. we're about to get the three wide receivers I named, Amendola, Edelman, and Mitchell, Amendola's injury, and all of a sudden a Deion Lewis-James White backfield yeah. where it might be a spread pass. Could this there, benefit the Patriots? Is there any chance because there's zero freaking film on that and the rest of the NFL takes like four more weeks than the Patriots do <laughs> that this could actually be beneficial? Well, All of a sudden they're going to – is there – Yeah, Josh gets to go back to the, the psycho lab. Josh McDaniels gets to go in there and go, okay, I got Deion Lewis. I got no Gronk. Let me draw they up probably this crazy like play. this stuff. I mean, it's just another challenge for them to overcome to go, oh, you don't think 
we can win without Tom Brady or Rob Gronkowski. Okay, here we go. That's and a weird that, accent. Uh, <laughs> that was like a Dr. Evil. Uh, I, I don't know where I don't know what The Vikings almost made you right on Thursday night, and I saw this stat today. Do you know that Zeke has never lost a road game in his entire football career? In high school, he had three losses, two in neutral sites, one at home. Ohio State, four losses during the entire time there, two neutral sites, two at home. Dallas, one loss this year at home. He's never lost on the road in his entire life. That's freaking amazing. He's he's amazing. I do think that was about as good a matchup for a defense you're going to get against And if they could only get the the roughing the passer call or... Have any semblance of offense. Or we're feeling just not try to reverse field on a punt and return on your own eight-yard line and fumble the ball and give them the ball. You're up 9-7. to seven. There's 10 minutes left in the but game. But see, here's the thing with Dallas is I watched the Giants yesterday pass up all those field goals and eventually shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah. I watched uh, Atlanta go for all those fourth downs. And I watched Dallas, who always takes the field goal, Always runs the ball. Exactly. Always, always do the right thing. when they need to. Right. And because here's the thing, like we covered that, that football coach earlier. By playing the numbers, you should go for it on fourth down, all that stuff. But if you play it safe and you believe that you are traditionally the better team, which I would say Dallas stacks up with anybody in the NFL, mm-hmm. play by those averages, you're going to be on the right side more often than not. Keep yep. the game competitive. At the end of the day, the, more pe- the better team is going to eventually rise to the top. Dallas' punter is really good, by the way. Man. Chris Jones, I never even heard of him mm-hmm. before. Uh, shout I, out. Shout, what's up? Can I share a tweet related to the yeah, Cowboys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Alfonso McLovin, at Prove Him Wrong 73, tweeted us to us yesterday. Uh, yesterday. At Simpson Lefko, in a debate with a friend, he said Dak is better than Rodgers. Please bash him for a solid three minutes next time you do Twitter questions. Uh, wow. Solid three minutes. Let's get that down to three seconds. Okay. You're uh, an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Thank what you. I was expecting. Yeah. Go ahead, Lefko. You could say No, it, I don't yeah. have to. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best ever, and Dak has done Oh, I didn't solid. need the analysis there. Yeah, I just no. wanted to share yeah, the question. Yeah. Yes. I thought funny. it was funny. Oh, gosh. And the more uh, – uh, forget no, it. Yeah, don't get it. Uh, speaking of really good quarterback play – in his last 20 games, Matt Stafford is 14-6 and six with 40 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. He has a quarterback rating of 104.4, a completion percentage of 68%, and he's literally the boss. The boss. The boss. You have a new top five. I'm going to beat our team stream now, and I'm doing it right here on the podcast because Joni Annarella would want it on the podcast. Yeah. Your number one quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and we're, when I say my top five quarterbacks, I'm not just picking like one-year This wonders. isn't our Thursday where we pick them like after the week. Right. This is more I'm encompassing career and where they are at this moment of their career so as a player. So all combined. So right. like someone like Jameis, who's balling right yes. now, doesn't have enough to get on there. Same thing with Dak, because yes. we haven't seen sustained. Right. Your number one is Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Your number two... Is Matt Stafford? It is Matt Stafford. I mean, for the last, first of all, Matt Stafford has been a Pro Bowl type quarterback pretty much ever since year two or three in the NFL. As far as I know, he's made some big mistakes, but he's certainly one of the most talented quarterbacks. He's one of the greatest throwers of the football ever in the history of football. It's just unfortunate that he's in the same division as the guy that is the greatest thrower of the Combination football. Combination of that and Megatron. Mm-hmm 
people didn't yes. want to give Stafford credit right. for having Megatron. So if anybody watching the Saints-Lions game yesterday really thinks that Drew Brees is in the same class as Matt Stafford, then I would question what game you were watching. because At this was, point in their careers? Yes, right now. Over, okay. No, right now. And yes, I mean, Drew Brees never had the physical ability Matt Stafford has. Yeah. You've heard Drew Brees talk. He gushes about Matt Stafford's throwing Drew ability. Drew Brees yesterday was sit in the pocket, hope the route's not open. If not, we're going back shoulder, we're praying, or we're throwing it away. Yeah. And Matt Stafford was... Oh, the pocket collapsed? I'm rolling out. I'm throwing it 30 right. yards on a line. Right. I'll stand in here. You're blitzing, and I'll just put it on my guy for a six-yard gain, and I'll play another down, and then, damn, I'll hit you with that 50-yard laser next yeah. time you blitz me for a touchdown. Um, so about the Lions, who I think are very interesting. We didn't right go now. three, four, or five. But did, oh, my you bad. Do you yeah, really care? Yeah, I, I forgot. I forgot. Uh, you didn't really care. The whole point of that was just to hear Stafford at two, right? Yeah, okay. Stafford would be three. two. Carr? No, three would be Russell Wilson, four would be Derek Carr, five would go Ben Roethlisberger right now. That would be my top wow. five quarterbacks in the game. Yes, right at this moment. You got a lot of publicity today about Jim Rome and Rodgers. I saw a lot of people tweeting about really? you. Really? Oh, did they say what that? What did you say? I said Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And he was like, wait. People, the fans of the podcast have heard that. So he was like, times. wait, what do you mean? He's like, you think he's like career-wise better than Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Joe Montana? I was like, yeah, I think he's the best quarterback that's ever played. I just saw a million people tweeting like Chris Sims. And a lot of people agreed with you. Oh, but that's a lot, good. A lot of people disagreed as well, so <laughs> yeah, don't get too okay. excited. Uh, number six <laughs> is Luck. Yeah, I would say Luck, right. And then number seven is Brady. Right. Hey, Tweet listen, to the Brady's podcast. Awesome. Oh, you don't think Brady's a top five quarterback? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> what? Freaking no. hate that. But Brady's awesome. It's not about that. I'm it's about what these other guys have to do and physically do week in to week there's out to win yeah, their games. There's got to be a way to figure out. There's not. We You're need just to listen to me. I know. We, we need, need to stat. create a formula that's like like percentage of offense, percentage of talent. It's Even if you did that, people still would not be able to get it's it to their brains. It's not for them, though. It's, it's for us. Matter. I mean, he came back, and Jimmy Garoppolo was one of the 10-rated quarterback, best quarterbacks in football, but nobody really cares. And see, when yeah. it gets going, it's just like, oh, Tom Brady's the best. Tom Brady's the best. I mean, what is Tom? Br I know he's like playing well, but is he carrying the team like I'm seeing Aaron Rodgers yes. and Derek Carr and Matt Stafford doing? No. So I complained last week on the podcast that people celebrate the Lions for being down in the fourth quarter seven times, and I actually bet money on the Lions. Like I, I looked back at all our picks in the podcast. I actually bet my own money against three of those picks because <laughs> we make these picks like so early in the week, and I went back Lions, Chiefs. Hey, baby, let me make some cash. Uh, the Chiefs the last three weeks have scored in. These different ways. Mm. A defensive two-point conversion, an extra point, a field goal, an interception return for a touchdown, a kick return for a touchdown, a touchdown pass, a rushing touchdown, a rushing touchdown on a fake punt, a safety, and a regular two-point conversion. Hmm. They've scored that many different ways. It's unbelievable what they do. It. I think of the Lions, how they come back all the time. Yep. And yet again, the Raiders down like 24-9 to against the number one of the top rushing teams in the NFL. I'm walking around the office going, hey, guess who picked Buffalo? This guy. <laughs> and I, you know me. I'm bragging out the ass and the Raiders come back and win that game like of course storm back I storm just, like I, it wasn't even close they won by double digits they could afford Marquette King done. dancing <laughs> and getting a penalty because he's like oh we're beating the crap out of this team yeah um Chiefs Lions Raiders yeah is that sustainable? <laughs> like, which of those is the most sustainable and which of those is the least? Because mm. those are the three, like, cardiac teams. The Raiders are the most sustainable. I because mean, they're just an offensive onslaught, so whether they start slow or not, they're going to get it. I mean, that game was 24-9, to 
and they went right down the field, score a touchdown, 24-16. Yes. Three and out, right down the field, score a touchdown, 24-23. Yeah. Three and out, right down the field, 30-24, yeah. to 24, Because like they that. do have better players on their defense that could get the occasional stop. Well, the, One Khalil right. Mack sack stops a drive. This is what people don't realize. When you get a holding penalty, that drive is – I can't even imagine. It, I, it must be like 80% it in the camp. way down. Yes. yes. Way so down. a sack or a penalty, you're out. And the Raiders with, with Irvin and Mack have guys that can create sacks and penalties. The interception you saw, the, yes. they were backed up. That was Khalil Mack hitting Tyrod Taylor. What did you say Taylor's earlier arm. today about Chiefs with the Jimmies and the Joes? Oh, I, I just said, listen, they are the ul- yesterday was the ultimate matchup of the Jimmies and the Joes beating the X's and the O's. That's what they did. The Chiefs are one of those teams, they're a statistical anomaly, right? Their defense is like 28th in football. Their offense is 27th in football, yet they're 10-3 and three or 9-3, and three, whatever yeah. the hell they are. And they, But they have five or six players on their team that – you can't account for statistically week for week that just make plays because they're ballers. Like what, a Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill. Spencer Ware. Eric Berry's becoming that again. Kelsey is a baller. He is a baller. Right. I mean, he's one of the Houston. best out in the football after the catch. Justin Houston, D. Ford, Marcus Peters, Eric Berry. Yeah. So, Special guys. So, yeah, you say, oh, you know what? We, we're, we move the ball up and them down the field, but then you look at it and go, oh, man, but they had yeah. that 70-yard punt return, yeah. and they returned that interception So for I guess us. the Lions are the least sustainable. <sighs> I think so. Because, because when I look at their offense, I think Golden Tate is, in a, is a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of special the rest of the way yeah. other than Stafford. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, Ezekiel Ansa sometimes crosses that plateau. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say Slay is that incredible. Slay's is he? good. Slay's okay. good. Slay deserves to be in the conversation as one of the ten best corners. I'm not saying he is the one of the gotcha, ten best. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But he deserves to be in the conversation for that eight through ten spot. If Terrell Austin is not a head coach next year, yeah, that's right, Lefko. Let him have it. That's it's a bunch of BS. That's when you, you guys know think about this real. right now. How many Lions defenders can you name other than Ansa, Levy, and Slay? Yeah, think about it. Right. Not many. Yeah. And that defense is a, like, it's like a top 15 defense. Yeah. And they're keeping them in games all the time. Yes. Um, two more things, then we're going to wrap up. The last 20 Super Bowl participants mm. have had 24 or more t- takeaways during the regular season. Of the current playoff teams, Kansas City already has 25. Denver has 23. Tampa has the most in the NFC with 22. And there's a few teams that are not even going to come close. Houston only has 11 takeaways right now. Right. New England only has 13. Dallas only has 11 takeaways. This is a, a non-negotiable stat. Like, I'm talking about no team has ever won a Super Bowl with less than 25 takeaways during the regular season. And you were saying, what was it, the, how, the Super Bowl participants? The Super Bowl participants. Yeah. Since 20, 2006, right. only the 2014 Seattle, uh, Seattle Seahawks got to the Super Bowl with less than 25. They had 24. <laughs> so they still had the 24 plateau. Yeah. Um, Wow, that, that's Lefko is bringing it with the stats. They're these awesome. Days. But um, the, though these are kind of things you would have in a, like in a, when they you always hear like quarters of a season in an NFL franchise. Yeah. Like this is the first quarter. Yeah. Like these are the kind of things. Like at the end of the four, fourth game of the you know the first four games, they go all right. Quarter one's done. 
what do we got to do in quarter two? It would be these kind of stats that they would start to show us. Yeah. They'd be like, listen, so, so this show the players? The coaches would start to show these type of things because they would go, listen, this is, you see New England, they're number one. They don't turn the ball over yeah. and they have the most explosive plays or whatever. So right now, of the other uh, playoff teams, the Giants and Seahawks both have 16. They okay. need to get eight in the last four games to reach that plateau. Mm. Detroit and Atlanta, Detroit 14, Atlanta 13. So Oakland's got 21. So they're right there, three in the last four games. Yep. Baltimore's right there. Tampa's right there. Denver, Kansas City. San Diego has 24 already. Minnesota has 22. Okay. That's as I said. Where, who in the NFC has got – is this even close to that? You said? Arizona has eight. Right. Philly – I mean, Arizona has 20. Philly has 18. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, Tampa's the only one that's, like, easily within shooting range at 22. And then the next one's the Giants at 16. But the thing that shocked me, Dallas with 11. Yeah. Well, Dallas with 11 and New England with 23. Uh, da- I mean, Dallas me, is not Damn. surprising to me. I mean – No. I mean, we watch it. We've talked about it. It's a concern. I mean, the, moving the ball on them is not an issue. Everybody moves it on them. So there, there, there is that factor. If the Raiders played the Cowboys, I don't know who to favor because the Raiders would be able to throw all over Dallas, but Dallas would be able to run all over Oakland and keep Oakland off the field. But Oakland has a microwave offense that can get heated up in a second. And Dallas against Minnesota, now granted that's a very elite defense, mm-hmm. They kind of get the get the ball rolling. They need a turnover to get that thing sparked. What you- I, I think if Dallas played Oakland right now, and you, I mean, listen, I'm obviously not the greatest better in the world. Dallas versus Raiders, though, right now, and you put a gun to my head, I would pick the Oakland Raiders to win the game. Right, so that means Dallas would win. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, um, you know, even yesterday, like just watching that back, like, yeah, sure, the Raiders are going to let up a few big runs. They did that. They let up a few plays. But when the game got they're in their element first of all when the game's close in fact i i even wrote down in my notes like the fourth quarter came and it just seemed like oakland was playing harder than i honestly thought i had my hand on the fast forward button i just said man oakland looks like they're just playing harder right now they got more juice left in their in their bodies than than buffalo i I, they thrive in the situation and because of the few difference makers they have um I guess I would take – I would make – you know, if, if it became a shootout and it's 35-30 and yeah. Dallas needs to go down and score a touchdown, man, I'd be real scared of Khalil coming off the edge or a Sean Smith INT. I'll tell you what. Whatever happens this playoff, I am betting a lot of money line underdogs. I have a feeling this playoff is going to be crazy. There's going to be a ton of upsets, and it might be one of those wild card – not necessarily the Giants, but, but a, a team like the, the Giants that comes in and just steamrolls because – I, I look. I mean, look. It's wide open. Washington could beat Dallas. I don't remember. Tampa could win a the year NFC. Where it's this wide open? I don't ever remember it. I really can't. And the Gronk thing makes it really wide open. Yeah. I mean, just... uh, last thing is just for my own personal brain. Uh, Doug Peterson came out and said uh, Carson Wentz has bad mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yahoo had an article in which they talked to scouts that said, "Oh yeah, the mechanics are awful." Wentz comes out and says, "I don't think it's mechanics. You make mistakes. Things happen." Uh, for the Eagles fans out there that have been told that their quarterback's great, and then the last few weeks it's kind of dissipated, what is it? Well, first of all, he is great. Uh, he was great in the first half against the Green Bay Packers on Monday night. He had one throw down the middle that he let sail high. Go back and look at our videos we made after his first preseason game uh, when we talked about his motion. Um, 
he lets his motion get a little long at times, and that's his issue. Then his, what does that mean? Well, he lets his arm angle break. He lets his arm get too so far a behind lesser, him. Lesser Blake Bortles. A lesser Blake Bortles. It he becomes a little too much of a baseball motion. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that bring it down, but it's in the. it has to be efficient, and your arm angle can't break in doing that. Like You might see Jay Cutler or even Matt Stafford drop the ball, but see how like the elbow joint stays at a 90-degree angle. He'll let it go back sometimes. So to equate that, like think of doing like, oh, okay, do a crazy swing with your driver and then try to hit it 300 yards. Yeah, you might hit it down the middle, but are you going to be able to replicate that every time? Is that a thing where guys get tired during games and their mechanics go, or is it just a lack of discipline? Like, Why yeah, does that happen to him? It's the whole year. It, it's probably been the whole year. He is probably getting tired. He's probably hitting the rookie wall. Uh, he's had a, he's taken a lot of hits. He's having to really move that offense by himself in a lot of ways. So their offensive line is in shambles, right? So it's, he's wearing down from that standpoint a little bit. And yes, he is a rookie. And I think we're all forgetting, like we're asking, like this rookie with hey, not so much talent around you. Can you throw it sixty times and win the game for us? Like, come on, that's not fair. That's that's a bunch uh, of BS. Yeah, I saw a stat that said uh, quarterbacks but, that have thrown it sixty or more times, their teams are zero and seventeen. I would imagine. You know, I mean, yes, because that means you're not running the ball, yeah. and more times than not, you means you're way behind and you have to throw it. Uh, but the motion gets too long, his body beats his arm, and that's why the ball sails all over the place. We've now seen two games of Goff. We've now seen two games of Lynch. Uh, I'm just curious, would you rank them Dak, Wentz, Goff, Lynch? I would still put Wentz ahead of Dak Prescott. I'm not. This is a team If you were game. drafting again today. Yes. Wentz, Dak, Goff, Lynch. Yeah, I would. Lynch is showing why he's just not ready yet. Yes. You know, and, and listen. People, people forget they took him in the first round. He was the project. He was the project. Exactly right. And I'll add to this left go with so many situations like him. Like, it's hard to be a quarterback in his situation and just go out and cut it loose when I guarantee those coaches all week said, hey, their offense isn't very good. Don't turn it over and we'll win the game. And then they're going to, you know, and then they're mad. He's not aggressive yeah. on third and 12. And be like, well, you kind of told me all week our <laughs> defense will win the game. So now you're mad at me. I didn't try to squeeze that ball in there. Right, so right. I think it's a, it's a little unfair. And, and knowing those coaches, that's what they probably did. Mm. But their defense won the game. And he didn't make any turnovers. So let's give him credit for that. Jets are playing the Colts tonight. Uh, it should be a good game from Andrew Luck. And I want to end on this story about Andrew Luck. Uh, in Denver, this is how much of a nerd Andrew Luck is. Upon landing, Luck directed his teammates' attention to Blucifer, a 32-foot statue of a horse with glowing red eyes that actually killed the man who designed it. His name is, New Me- his name is Luis Jimenez. He was a New Mexico sculptor. Did he- it fall on him? He died right? in 2006 when a chunk of the horse fell on him and pinned him to the ground. I remember that. Jimenez had been working on the horse for a decade and faced lawsuits for not finishing it on time. The horse was later pieced together and displayed at the airport. It's cool. And he told this story to everybody on the team. Uh, Senator Kelly was like, what? How does he know this stuff? Robert Turbin says he knows stuff that people haven't heard of yet or seen on the news or read about. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Where'd you get that story? Super nerd. Bleacher Report. Just checking. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Andrew Luck. Yeah. Think he's, he's going to kill it tonight? I, I do expect him to kill it. I mean, it's, this is Andrew Luck time right here. And they don't have a great pass rush. If the Colts win tonight, the Texans, the Titans, and the Colts will all be 6-6, six and six, and that super exciting AFC South will come down to the wire. It's crazy, right? It's kind crazy. of. I'm, I'm like, it's a crazy indifference. <laughs> you're, you're right. Who wants to lose a home game in the playoffs? You guys do? Great, because you're either getting the Chiefs or the Raiders. <laughs>
Or the Broncos. You're going to die. All right. Well, we'll be recording on Wednesday. Uh, Hit up Fendrick at Sims and Lefko on Twitter. Thank you to everyone for the guest suggestions, by the way. We got a lot of tweets about that. We can talk about it more on Wednesday. Who are the most popular? Who Uh, should we try ever? Gruden was the most popular answer. Oh, okay. I'll get Gruden on. All right, perfect. He'll do it. I heard there was another one for uh, someone close to me. Uh, we did get one Bruce Lefko suggestion. Uh, I want we Bruce bad. We, I can want get, we can get a few Bruce. minutes of Bruce. If we're down, let's get a few minutes of Bruce. I'll see Bruce. if he's doing anything on Wednesday. Perfect. Okay. Even if he is doing something, tell him to cancel it. I'm going to tell him to bring three fire points. He has to come with three fire concepts, <laughs> theories maybe. We'll see what he can do. I like it. All that coming up on episode 92. 92, 92. the Reggie White edition. I was going to go with Jason Gilden. Oh, yeah, he was almost as good as Reggie White. You're right. You got the record guy? Save it. All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good night for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Josh. Good night, everybody. Oh, for Fendrick. For me, peace. Bye.